0: From Vermont Digger, I'm Mike Dougherty. This is The Deeper Dig. This week, a paid family leave plan that's been in the works for more than two years has finally passed the legislature. But its path forward largely depends not on the lawmakers who think it's too expensive, but on the ones who say it doesn't go far enough. We met our politics reporter Xander Landon in the State House on Friday to talk about the tensions around this bill. So yesterday,
1: the House voted on the paid family leave bill, which has been an ongoing priority for Democrats in the State House in Vermont for the last few years. You know, there was a big fight last year over how the policy should look. The House and the Senate were sort of dueling over the paid family leave bill and the minimum wage bill. And... Couldn't get it done last year. They adjourned without advancing either of these bills. Over the break between last summer and now, they came to an agreement and pretty swiftly got it together and got it to the floor of the Senate and the House. So this was the vote
0: on that agreement. This This was was was
1: a vote on that agreement. Got it.
2: H-107 is an act relating to paid family and medical leave. It was referred to the Committee of Conference on the Disagreeing Votes of the Two Houses.
1: So what happened yesterday was a vote that sort of reflected the compromise that had been made on this legislation. Because you had both people on the right and on the far left opposing the bill. You had people on the right who have always opposed this bill because they think it's too costly. It's basically a $30 million payroll tax that would fund this paid family leave program Mm
2: -hmm.
0: our wages are average our taxes are high and at this point in time to dig into Vermonters pockets working Vermonters pockets for another 29 million dollars just does not feel like the right thing to do and you, you know you have a lot of more
1: moderate Democrats that say that this isn't a good idea you know you shouldn't be imposing another sort of mandate on workers and then you had people on the left who are opposing the bill, because they don't think that it goes far enough in offering benefits. They think that the program should be more generous. They think that a version of the bill that the House passed last year is much better for a variety of reasons and are willing to spend more money on a program that's more robust.
2: Like so many of you, I believe in the tremendous value a paid family and medical leave program benefit will bring to Vermonters. But at some point, I think we have to ask ourselves what the cumulative impacts of these compromises are. And most importantly, we have to ask who is left behind.
1: So what became clear yesterday is that the House does not at this point have the votes to survive a veto from the governor. Got it. The bill passed. The bill passed. But what we learned yesterday is that there's a very good chance that this bill even though it has the support of the majority of the House and the Senate, there's a strong chance or a real possibility that it won't become law this year. Why? That's because the vote, which came out 89 to 58, is not strong enough to survive a veto from the governor. And Governor Phil Scott will almost certainly veto the paid family leave bill that is now heading to his desk.
0: Our goals in this area are similar, but our approach to getting there is vastly different.
1: This week, he gave his budget address. He said he couldn't support the bill because you know it's a 30 million dollar payroll tax.
0: I hear every day that one of the major hurdles to staying or relocating here is the affordability of life in Vermont. This includes taxes and fees. That's why I cannot support a new 29 million dollar payroll tax on working Vermonters.
1: He had pitched his own version of paid family leave that would be a voluntary program that sort of leverages the state workers in the state to create an insurance pool that employers and employees could opt into. He doesn't like that this is something that anyone basically with a job has to contribute money, contribute their salary to help pay for. Got it. He vetoed a paid family leave program in 2018 because it had the same funding mechanism. And he will, you know, almost certainly veto this bill. You need 100 votes to beat a veto. And because you have people on the left and people on the right, in the party splintering off, at this point, there isn't the support. Now, that doesn't mean that they're not going to get there. There's a very good chance that they, they could because, as the speaker yesterday said, a vote on a veto override is much different than a vote on the floor.
2: Making a political statement saying, hey, we don't want to be ignored because we really wanted this other thing is really different than condemning the next two to six to eight years of new parents, or people with an aging parent or, or dying spouse or somebody who's taking in their niece, nephew, grandchild because of an opiate issue and condemning them to having to just cobble something together the way people do now.
1: It sounds like it's more you're going to let them make the decision versus pressure them to vote one way or the other.
2: It, I, I usually find that... Um, conversations work better than
1: arm-twisting. Uh, a veto override vo- vote is basically saying that you're willing to stand with the governor and block something from becoming law. And there's a good chance that progressives, the left-leaning folks that voted against the bill yesterday, were doing it on principle because they'd like to see a better version of this program. But when it comes down to the wire, they're not going to stand in the way of a paid family leave program actually you know, being able to help workers as soon as possible and get something up and running. Got it.
0: We'll hear more from Xander when we come back. Just a quick message from our underwriters. Casella Waste Systems provides waste and recycling services for homes, businesses, and organizations throughout Vermont and the Northeast. With a focus on recycling sustainability and environmental protection, Casella ensures that proper collection, renewal, and disposal of discarded materials keep our communities clean while extending the value of your unwanted items. Fun fact, last year Casella recovered over 2.4 billion pounds of recyclables. To learn more, visit casella.com or call 1-800-CASElla. I want to take a step back and break down how these different factions kind of splintered off mm-hmm. along the way. Let's start out with just the general reason that Democrats wanted to see this program in the first place. What is their basic argument for why Vermont needs a paid family leave program
1: like this? Democrats have been across the country, not just in Vermont, but across the country have been pitching paid family leave as sort of an essential benefit that states need to start introducing because unlike a lot of countries around the world. The U.S. does not have a robust system that give protections and offer workers the opportunity to take time off or extensive time off to care for a sick family member or a newborn child.
0: Madam Speaker, if we speak of our economy as an engine, paid family medical leave is a spark plug. It's a new spark plug that can help the engine work at a higher revolution. And let's remember why. When a Vermonter can take bonding leave, babies and families are healthier. When a Vermonter can take care of a family member, be it a child, a spouse, or a parent, families are healthier. And when Vermonters have an opportunity to deal with their own illness without the stress of losing their job, they end up healthier. And when they return to the workplace, they work better, they're more loyal, and they stay in their job longer, all of which benefits themselves And their employers.
1: This program that passed yesterday would offer new parents 12 weeks to take care of a newborn child, eight weeks to care for a sick family member, you know, some substantive time to address sort of pivotal life events. At the same time, they're also pitching it as a way to attract more workers to the state. You know, we have a demographic crisis here or what's been billed as such. You know, our population is aging at a rapid rate. Our workforce is shrinking. So there's this idea that if you have a better paid family leave program, more workers would be attracted to the state to settle down here, have kids and certain
0: protections that offer them opportunities that aren't available elsewhere. When did we start to see Some progressives and Democrats splinter off from this bill, this proposal.
1: The left-leaning members, progressives, and some Democrats that want to see a more robust program started... Well, they didn't technically start to splinter up, but they didn't like the version of paid family leave that passed the Senate last year because the Senate really shrunk the program that the House had created. They wanted to bring down the cost of the program. Senators, but the prior version of the program would be a lot more expensive, 80 million dollars a year. They shrunk it down to 30 million dollars a year, and the way they did that is they one of the biggest expenses was something called temporary disability insurance, TDI as as you know you hear it referred to. To on the house floor what that is is insurance that lets you take time off for personal medical issues yeah. uh, personal injuries people on the left in the house say that that's an essential benefit that should be included in an, uh, any paid family leave program that the house passes so you know Randall Zott he is a representative from Barnard he's been one of the main opponents of the paid family leave bill the compromise bill you know he pointed out sort of what he viewed as sort of a big flaw in the bill the fact that you don't have this temporary disability insurance. And he said, you could take time off under the program to care for your sick loved one who has cancer, but you yourself, if you had cancer, could not take time off under the program to get the medical care that you need.
3: This is a completely backwards approach. Your spouse can be paid to take you to chemotherapy, but you have to take unpaid time to get the treatment yourself. So that's
1: really the biggest flaw for progressives and left-leaning folks. Another problem is that they take issue with the fact that it's going to be run by a private insurance company and not the state Hmm. on principle. They don't like that idea. They also don't like the idea that it wouldn't cover self-employed people. It would only cover people that are employed by, you know, a company or whatever. So they think that these are issues that are so essential to the bill that they were willing to vote against this bill because it didn't include those
0: things. Got it. In the lead up to Thursday's vote, both camps worked to shore up their support. Representative Robin Shai, who helped write the bill, held a press conference Wednesday morning to talk about the program's benefits. A strong
3: universal paid family leave program will support the health, well-being, and economic security of our children, our families, and small businesses and ensure that the next generation has a bright
0: future. Meanwhile, Randall Zott was encouraging lawmakers to vote no. On Monday, he published a VT Digger commentary calling the legislation a zombie bill. I talked to him before
3: Thursday's vote about what he meant. Well, the metaphor that I was trying to draw was that zombies uh, often look like humans from a distance, but when you get up close and you really examine them, you realize that they're missing key features, either their brains or their hearts or their soul. And this bill seems to me to be missing at least all three of those.
0: I'm assuming you're talking about the disability insurance piece of this that uh, got taken out by the Senate last year?
3: Yeah, that's a crucial piece of paid family leave programs throughout the country. We'd be the only state that has a paid leave program that doesn't have TDIs, part of universal coverage. And that's the benefit that most people need. It would be like offering universal health care and not not covering heart disease.
0: What is it about coupling that with family leave? Like why do they have to be in the same bill? Like what is it that makes those things necessary to put together?
3: So this is somewhat outside my expertise. All I can say is is that the advocates say it needs to be baked in or started with and every state that's implemented has done the same. We would be taking a risky approach. We would, we would be going counter to the wisdom of other states and to the wisdom of the advocates on the issue. What is the risk there, do you think? Like, what, uh, what would be the potential consequence of passing something that's weaker than you think it should be? In the case of leaving out TDI, as I mentioned, it's the most used benefit. So if you create a social insurance program that has does not have public buy-in, you risk losing support to change it down the road, because one of the arguments that we're hearing is that we'll fix it later. But if you have a program that seems useless and already has sort of, you've expended political capital to get the the weakest version through, it's going to be even harder to get the stronger version through. So you use your political capital to get the strongest version through and then make the small changes later.
1: You know, as there is with any sort of major vote. Yeah, there was a little bit of drama this week. And I would say that, you know, while the progressives and the people that aren't happy with this bill, you may ultimately end up supporting it because they don't want to stand in the way of a program getting up and running next year, they certainly won in, in one sense, uh, you know, this political battle because they really kind of forced the Democrats who are backing it to sort of defend it hmm. on the House floor yesterday. You know, they had, had to sort of defend or acknowledge that this isn't a perfect program. We know that this isn't, you know, what we passed last year. But sometimes, you know, compromise is the, what you have to do to get things done.
3: I think that there's a, again, I've had a very limited amount of time inside this building, um, but my observation is that um, moderates, in the building and or more conservative Democrats are much more likely and willing to flex their political muscle than the progressives are. And when I say the progressives, I mean both the little P progressives and the big P progressives. I feel like our votes are often taken for granted. And so negotiations never really come our way. They go with the moderates and we always sort of cater to what they're willing to come come along with. And they don't get placed in the same box that progressives do. I mean, how does that change? Uh, Do you feel like taking a stand like this on a bill like this, Is a step in the right direction? Taking a stand on this issue, using your power. If you never use your power, you don't have your power. And so just like many of the advocates that are being pressured to abandon their points of view on this bill, if they don't take a stand, if they don't stand up and dig in, they'll always be taken for granted. At some point, you have to dig in. Maybe this isn't the right issue, but it feels like the right issue for me. what do we think happens next with the paid leave bill?
1: Well, the bill now goes to the governor's desk, and the governor is going to have five business days to make a decision on the bill, and he will almost certainly veto the bill. And then Democrats are going to have to decide whether they want to hold a vote to override the veto, and they would almost certainly do that. They would certainly do that if they knew they had the votes. But if they don't, if they determine that they're not going to be able to flip people or that people won't flip on their own, they probably wouldn't hold a vote and say, you know, we just don't have the support. But I think it's likely they're going to, you know, really push for that. People are going to have to really reconsider, you know, their votes. Even the chair of the Progressive Caucus yesterday, Robin Chestnut Tangerman, who voted against the bill yesterday, acknowledged that it's a different thought process for the override vote. And it's not about the principles as much as it is, are we really going to let the governor stand in the way of a program here? Mm. So, it's kind of complicated it is going to come down to the wire and there's a very good chance the bill doesn't doesn't make it this year and that would be a big blow for democrats
0: jander thanks for taking the time out i'll let you get back to it you bet thanks mike You can find all of Xander's reporting on the paid leave debate at vtdigger.org. You're listening to The Deeper Dig, a weekly podcast from The Digger Newsroom. Search for it and subscribe in your favorite podcast app, and you'll get new episodes as soon as they land. If you're a regular listener, you should also check out our other audio feed. It's just called Vermont News, and every weekday we run through summaries of our latest stories. Every installment is about three minutes long. It's a quick, easy way to stay informed. Just search for Vermont News wherever you listen to podcasts or add it to your smart speaker briefing. We use music this week by Blue Dot Sessions. We'll be back next week with more stories from the Digger newsroom. Have a nice weekend.